I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. A very warm welcome here this Monday evening. It's eight o'clock, which can mean only one thing. It is the online darts live round with me, Phil Bars, Jack Gobby Garwood, and we've got Mr. COVID 19 himself, Lee Boyce's back in the room. <laughs> not even that one. You said it's eight o'clock, it's Monday night. That can mean only one thing. And my first thought was, what, a wedding reception? <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Have a good evening, all. See you later. <laughs> Thanks for coming back, pal. Well. <laughs> <laughs> on a serious note, are you feeling better, buddy? Yes, feeling loads better. Cheers. And cheers for asking, Phil. It's nice of you to ask, <laughs> Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, no, I'm just, I'm I'm just looking that. for someone that cares. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, another bumper weekend of darting action. And it was only when I was clipping stuff up and getting stuff ready for tonight's show, it was like, yeah, it was a busy one again, but we'll, we'll come on to that in a minute. want to say hi to everyone in the chat room. As always, make sure you drop us a like because it's good on logistics um, and subscribe. We are only about 40 away from hitting 14K, guys. So absolutely smash the like button, smash the subscribe button. But of course, come and say hi in the chat room because it is the best chat room in darts and I won't have anything said otherwise you guys absolutely smash it all the normal ones are in um the poll is up and running as well so come and get involved in that will mvg win a tournament this year the poll is set in the comments so come and get in. i promised it during <laughs> last week's show and actually after the events of this weekend we've probably gone with a number of different options we'll, we'll get on to why shortly if you don't know then where have you been all weekend? Why on earth are you watching us? Um, 
but we promised it last week. The Dutch did not win the World Cup of Darts. Spoiler alert. Um, so there it is. Three, three and a bit months left of 2021. And I think we'll include the World Championships in 2021, even though you technically pick up the title on in the first couple of days yeah, of no, 2022. Yeah, that it's, one's it's, included. It's a 2021 tournament. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with yeah. you. It's a 2021. It's a 2021 tournament all day. Um, we'll get on to that every in a minute. Couple. Uh, Jonathan says, "What's happened to Jar? Jar's playing with his Transformer set. No, he's on. He's just got other bits and bobs on and can't commit to, to every Monday." Um, he's still around, don't worry about that. But Boise stepped in as the regular co host. He has, he has got other bits and bobs, but that does, infor- that does include a Transformer set. I can confirm that. That's definitely <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> uh, evening, Paddy. Hope you are all well. We've shared the links on social media. So if you can give one of them a retweet, that would be great as always. But, gents, the World Cup, four days of action, and it threw up plenty of talking points. From pretty much Thursday night onwards. It did and it didn't. On on reflection today, I don't think it was that great a tournament. There were some moments, don't get me wrong, it, it had a couple of moments, but I just felt there were so many moments of it being a little bit flat. I'm a little bit disheartened with it. It's, it's my favourite event and it just didn't have me gripped from start to finish like it normally does. Um, no, I, I agree. Um, I don't know about you, Boise, but I agree. It didn't have me gripped either like it, it normally does. Some of the pairings were, were disappointing. Look, we, we can't affect the pairings, Boise, but it did, yeah, it didn't have the normal World Cup feel. Yeah, I, th- I think what you said is absolutely spot on in regards to talking points. We had talking points on day one. It was a bit of a slow builder because we've seen the seeds. Normally, we expect a few more upsets, especially in the doubles early on that we didn't see this year. Um, but for me, um, overall tournament, I can see where Dobbs coming from. However, I thought, yeah, I would absolutely love yesterday. And I'm someone who's not as big a fan on the World Cup because of how the formatting is. Um, but I thought yesterday's action was was top quality. It was just it just took a lot of time to get though in this tournament where normally, like says, we see a few more upsets in that short format doubles that we didn't see, I think, um, over Thursday and Friday. Yeah, uh, definitely. Henry's in. Hope you are well, mate. And all the usual suspects are in. Absolutely smashing it. Remember, chat room, get your questions in. They will be answered early on. But we're going to go jump straight in to the World Cup. And Thursday seems a long, long time ago now. Again, thanks to um, the PDC guys. We've um, borrowed their graphics, as (laughs) always. Um, this seems a long, long time ago now. Yeah. Um, Thursday night, opening game, got to say, the Japan team, they were the ones that stole the show this weekend. I thought Bubba, especially, was really, really good, God. Yeah. Um, two names, I'll be honest. We, yet again, I knew absolutely nothing about coming into this event. Um, Japan have been one of those sides for the last couple of years where they've produced the odd moment. They've had some decent players come through. Um, we've seen them then go on to um, play at the World Championship, etc. They're normally a decent side to look out for and not having any of those regular names in there, like the likes of Edward Folks from last year's World Championship. Um, I can't even think of the names of the others. It's oh, been that long now. Yamada. Um, 
There's one where Asada. Played James Wade, Asada. They're, you just expect to see those guys. So to not have them in the Japan team, but then to still be a Russian team headed up by Boris Koltsov, okay, missing Dmitry Gorbanov, um, but still with Koltsov, who was a very, very talented darts player um, in convincing fashion. Yeah, they definitely got out ahead and, and stole a show in that one. Before we move on, one of our work colleagues and friends in the chat room, Tizzle. Hope you're recovering from your stag do, mate. Snapchat's looked awesome. Um, no doubt today was a day of rest. Um, game number two, though, let's be brutally honest. South Africa dodged, an, not a bullet, an absolute missile, Boise, in this one. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, a massive, massive uh, bullet dodged. Devon stepped up towards the end of it, but it was a very... I know um, a couple of weeks back we were speaking about Devon and, and the injuries had and how he was performing. He found a bit of form towards the end of this game, but it didn't look like it was going to thumb. And probably what I was saying earlier about back to the first game, we was on about some of the, there wasn't as many upsets early on. Maybe not seeds-wise, but result-wise, he expected Russia to do a job on Japan. And then with that Spain and South Africa, the one with Spain looking like they was going to wrap that one up. So... Maybe not the upsets in the seas, but there was in some of the other games. But yeah, um, South Africa, very, very lucky to get through on night one. Phil? Republic of Yeah. I hate to be that guy, but aren't these Friday's games? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. As, I, as I said, I'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> this get This is day two. <laughs> this is day two. That's right. Yeah, it is. We'll, we'll, we'll come on. We'll come on to it, it's fine. <laughs> they're, they're all round one, that's all the matters. <laughs> um, Republic of Ireland will be kicking themselves because Steve Lennon and Willie O'Connor blew this one, plain and simple. Cruise control and absolutely fell off. Blowing it seemed to be the story of the weekend. There was far more results this weekend settled by players not holding their nerve and that their nerve in the crucial moments than there was moments of individual brilliance or excellence that stole the show or took the game away. There's a couple of singles games where you can actually go, okay, that's a decent little battle. Um they they fully deserve that. Mensor Sulevich against Kim Hybrex springs to mind. That that was a fantastic game. Nothing Kim can do about it. And he chucks in 107 average for Christ's sake. But the rest of the tournament seemed to be decided on Lots and lots of missed darts at a double all at the same time. Yeah. Then we'll touch on... Well, I'm going to skip one game because the rest are all fairly straightforward. But the Northern Ireland pair, again, dodged one here, pushed to the limit by Hong Kong, Boise. And Kai Fang Young will be probably kicking himself as a missed opportunity to take one of the seeds out. Yeah, this was one of the uh, few days we had an opportunity of seeing the seeds, though. But uh, another, another lucky, lucky, really, day for Northern Ireland to get through at this stage, which, as Dobbers pointed out, was second night, not first night. Um, yeah, but it was it was a, a similar similar taste to the South Africa Spain game, really, in regards to they should have been knocked out and just found a way at the end. Yeah, then then the rest of them. No, we'll, we'll touch on the, the standout game, but the, the seeds, the rest of them were fairly straightforward. Austria, uh, England and Belgium all doing numbers. But the Germany-Canada game certainly lived up to the hype. This, this was such a good game. But 
the seeds found something when they needed to got to break Canadian hearts. They did, and again, the one thing I'd take away from this game was missed doubles by Matt Campbell. It really was a tournament of just not having it when you need it. And that was a story last year, and we thought, or I thought, that actually the year on the Challenge Tour, the going away, the working on the game, he looks an even better player than he did this time last year when we first really got to know who Matt Campbell is. Um, I thought this year might be that little bit different, but he still was wanting a little bit in those moments. Yeah, completely agree. But again, the the Canadians are a force to be reckoned with and are going to be around for a long, long time in in this sport um, and a soft spot for them. But it was Germany who marched on. And then in a little bit of reverse order, we felt like doing day two first. Um, <laughs> yeah, we felt like it. Can I also say, by the way, the Italians... Right, they had two very, very good players at European Q School, nowhere near the team. What have they done in this tournament for the last few years? While well, there's teams that have tour card holders not in the event, yeah, uh, we, we've said this from day one. Like, uh, Melos Rasma was venting his frustration on, on, on Twitter, um, about it, and it just doesn't again, it doesn't sit right with me either. Um, to, yeah. to be fair, and the thing is that the team that he was in contention to swap that around with, and obviously you've got to get New Zealand back in this lineup next year as well, seem to be the Nordic and Baltic regions, and actually they're performing far better. Greece put up an okay battle and whatever, but I honestly, if you had to rank the teams in order this year, I think Italy were the worst team in the tournament by far. And I'm just trying to work out if they have a place in this because darts doesn't seem to have changed shape. It doesn't seem to have grown massively in Italy over the last few years while they've been involved. Yes, all right, I just mentioned we had a couple at Q School, but they never really kicked on. Um, Sergio Crasson was one of them, I think. He, he took me by surprise, but he was fantastic to try and keep up with over um, EU Q School. Um, and now I'm just sat here wondering, um, should they be involved next year? In, yeah, an interesting one. Probably not, if I'm being brutally honest. Like you say, you've got New Zealand to get back in, who are a, a dead search to come back in because of all the work done down under by by the DPA and everything like that. Surely you've got to be yeah. looking first and foremost at who your two card holders are and what country they're from, and they should be the first go-to in regards to fix for this competition. It, surely that should be the case. And then if you've got... I don't know, two or three spots left available, then you look at other countries who haven't got all card holders and maybe you look at, I don't know, the entries you've had into Q-Stall, them sort of numbers and to see where we are then at the best quality. But there was a couple of teams who were disappointed and yeah, Italy was one of them. Yeah, c- completely. Um, game one, Lucky D, Darius Lavanauskas got Lithuania out of trouble in this one. They've been dragged into a dogfight by the Hungarians, but lucky D, captain's performance gob. Yeah, don't gamble, kids, because this busted my acker straight up. I, I, I had the Hungarians to, to do a job here. Um, which, to be fair, I don't think they were horrendous. Lithuania, Darius Lavanauskas was fantastic all week and probably deserved even more from his efforts, which I'm sure we'll get onto when we get to the quarters, I think they made. Um Probably should have gone further than that. Um, Hungary 
Kovacs, WDF uh, online singles champion from lockdown last year. Um, Janos Vagso, very impressive at the Euro Tour the weekend before. Should have beat Joe Mernon. Um, had a decent run in qualifying to the Euro Tour in 2016. But his action reminds me a little bit of Matt Campbell. And if he's going to play consistently and the PDC are going to target Hungary, he is a name and a player I think we may see a lot more of. Um, Adam summed up in the chat room. Um, the, we're not we're not hiding that fact. The same as they're big in Germany, but yes, the zone are big in um, Italy and Germany. <laughs> Don't care. Um, Poland absolutely sensational in their five two win over the Czech Republic. Stunning, but again, the inconsistencies of Christoph Ratajski. We'll touch on him because for me, he cocked up. We'll come on to yeah, that. Can we get that out of the way before Jar appears in the chat room as well? Because <laughs> that was definitely yeah. a, a conversation on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, Poland through. And then, I'm not going to lie, this was the game of the tournament for me. May not be for class or anything like that, but watching Paul Lim, sensational. And that finish to win it for Singapore, Boise, I could watch it all day long. Yeah, the, it was the 1-1 one, one sit. The day before, quality-wise, we had the numbers. But from just what we want to see, I think, in the World Cup sort of doubles match early on, go all the way. And then the special 1-1 one, one sit finish from Lim as well to finish it off. Uh, it, it was brilliant. And obviously, we know what he'd done. was so close with a nine before. But when he took that eight, it was a, it was a special moment. And it's so good to see it. We've... Uh, I know we've not touched upon them yet, but with fans batting, I thought the fans across the weekend were good. Um, and the celebrations when that went in uh, were rightfully so, because it was such a good finish, and what a way to wrap that up. Um, yeah, just before we move on, Dave says about the band sites Gibraltar had. That's more a technical issue from the Gibraltans. The way the darts are trying to go in the board, they're trying to enter at such a steep angle that it doesn't penetrate the, the, the sizal. Um, they're sort of like loft and thrown. That that's more of a, a technical issue than than anything else. Yeah. I think his darts already uh, stand up quite high, and when he got nervous, he was releasing later. Yeah, were, it was the fear yeah, of missing, so he's dragging it, which means he's dragging the back of the dart even more. So when it goes through the air, it is, as Phil says, pointing downwards. So it's just not got enough force to penetrate because the speed's taken out of it. You're trying to enter like that, and the ball just doesn't accept it. Yeah. Um, and then USA 5-1 over Sweden. And again, another potential star was born in this one from the CDC circuit. Danny Lauby, absolutely outstanding gob. Yeah, look, he was unlucky to lose at the World Championship last year. He looked really good. Um, as, as done bits over on the CDC, um, has played a bit of challenge tour as well. Plays the game at a very, very good pace. His action looks very erratic, but it, it works for him. Um, you just wonder if maybe he'd had Danny Baggish by his side instead of Chuck, if they could have done a little bit more in this tournament. Obviously, that, that wasn't to be this year. But if Baggish has another year on the tour, keeps improving, um, ups his B game, because we know what Danny Baggish's A game is like. We've seen that at the World Championship. If he can up his B game and Danny can get through Q school, um, as he obviously intends to do, I think, because the kid just yeah. loves darts. Um, they they could yeah. definitely be a threat in years to come. But yeah, he was superb in this one. 
And just yeah, I've, um, seen question, I've seen one question. I've seen one. Um, PB, I've just seen one question in the uh, chat when we was looking at first action about Danny Badish. The reason he didn't play was due to COVID restrictions and a late changement to government rules. Is what he put on his Twitter account. So that's why Danny Badish didn't play. But he, he will be back for the Pro Tour in October. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, fairly straightforward in in round one, uh, Scotland five nil over China, Holland 5-1 over Denmark, Wales 5-2 over Finland, Australia 5-0 over Italy. Not too much going on there, boys, was there? No, it was fairly, uh, fairly simple. Yeah, I think I think Finland started well against Wales, maybe 2-1 off, I think, uh, in that one. But then as soon as uh, Clayton and Price just went up one more deer, it, it was just too much for Finland. Then, Gob, you weren't happy with this one. The start of round two, Saturday afternoon. Shall we say that the TV scheduling and the, the broadcasters pulled rank, shall we say? It would be much easier to make this point, by the way, if we'd just spoken about the first round in order. Because <laughs> right? now people are going to be very <laughs> But three of the fixtures from the second round early session were teams that played in the evening session like before, um, which meant three of the teams that played in the night had the longest possible gap to prepare. And look, I get their short matches. I get they're not going to be tired, etc. But it's just, it's just in the interest of fairness, isn't it? The teams the players should have as much time in between their games to prepare as everybody else does. That, that no, was all the all point know. I was making. I can't lie. I'd had a drink when I tweeted it as well. It didn't go down very well. Look, we, look, we all know Dart's preparation is unique to anything else. Yeah. So, getting that prep time right and letting your body recover is paramount. Yeah. There's absolutely no one in this chat room right now, by the way, that can tell me that Michael Van Gerwen has not benefited from knowing from the last seven years in a row in the Premier League, he is playing game number three or game number four for primetime audiences. He has barely deviated from that spot. I think this year was the first time it happened because he wasn't playing great. Gezi became a big attraction to it. Peter Wright, Gary Anderson, etc. In the past couple of years, Michael Van Gerwen has had a nailed on slot, knowing he's playing at whatever time, which means he can get to the venue at the same time at every single event, he knows what time he can be clock watching. These other players have to judge it by how much further in advance, and it's just not fair. And I completely get the commercial side around it. We are we are not naive to that, but at the same time, as fans and and people that are interested in fairness for the players, yeah. But first game up, Northern Ireland made light work of, of Portugal and the, the Portuguese skipper Jose de Sousa very very out of sorts I think the only average was 85 in this game um, and absolutely yeah. taken to school by Brendan Dolan um, and once he loses the writing's pretty much on the wall for Jose Marquez yeah yeah um, after being uh, ran think- close by Hong Kong in round one and then coming through this in the fashion that they did by um, Jose being being spanked, basically, um, and Daryl Gurney looking superb, you thought maybe that first round was the test of actually setting Northern Ireland off because a lot of people were backing them as a little bit of an outsider. 
Yeah. Um, and again, England dismantling South Africa. Why Chisnell didn't get out of second gear. Um, look, like we say, there's there's some there's some issues with Dev's throw. Um, we, it's plain to see. And I think I put in our WhatsApp chat. How sh- is he? He's never always fed the darts like that, has he gone? Because I don't remember seeing that before. I don't know. But I have to go back and yeah, it just didn't it. Check that one. just didn't didn't look right. Um, Australia 2-0 over the USA, but that game, Boise, was closer than what that scoreline suggests. Yeah, and and goes back to uh Dobbs point early on that how much stronger would the Americans have been if Danny Badish was playing? And obviously, uh, we knew early on that he wasn't, but the Americans put up a very, very good fight. But if we would have seen Badish and Badish's A game in there, we certainly could have been going all the way to a doubles game in that one. In Lloyd says, 2 nils probably a bit unfair on them. They did deserve to uh, to push that into a doubles. Yeah. And then, God, the unthinkable happened. Belgium did not make the minimum of the quarterfinals. Beaten by an inspired Mentor Sudovic, but two parts of this game. One, how good Mentor Sudovic was, and two, how poor Dimitri Vandenberg was. Yeah, look, Kim absolutely loves this tournament, and actually his performances once again showed that there is bugger all else Kim Hybrex could have done to stay in this tournament. The man threw, what, 106, 107 average, wasn't good enough. Mentor Sudovic was superb. Kim's third highest on, maybe fourth highest on ton plus averages thrown at the World Cup. Added another one in here. Mensor just that much better than him. 4-1 victory. Um, and then Dimmy, by contrast, was shocking. He just was not good enough on the night um, when you're beaten by a 78 average. That's what I expected those two to be throwing against each other five years on the Dev Tour. Um, this was in front of a crowd. TV meant a lot. Roby is... Don't get me wrong, Roby's playing very, very good darts, but he doesn't have a tour card right now. Dimi is former match play champion and everything he's done for the last 18 months should not be losing to a 78 average, especially not throwing one of his own, even in a short format. No, I agree that Dimitri looked well out of sorts in this one, like ridiculously out of sorts. Then to the evening session, we went... Interesting. Up first, Gob. Did, oh sorry, but well, that mind who answered this one. Did Christoph Ratajski get this drastically wrong? Yes. I mean, did he or didn't he? Because, look, Peter Wright wasn't great. Gets away with one against Christoph Kachuk. Probably should be 1-0 down. I'm not being funny. That, that should be expected if you're Ratajski. You should you should be expecting to go into that game 1-0 down. Whether or not you've had a chance to pinch it through Kachuk or not, the way that draw opens up, Christoph Ratajski should be going, I've got to win, and we're going to a pairs game. The same way that Scotland basically played the rest of the weekend, by the way, which is exactly how this tournament should be played. Um, 85 average, literally the round before after the pairs game, I was saying about how good Christoph Ratajski looks on TV this year. And then he goes and chucks in one of the performances from 18 months ago where he cannot buy a double. Because actually, his scoring stats weren't that bad. He was just dreadful on the outer ring. 
but he goes through these yeah. games and phases where no matter what he does, they weren't badly thrown darts either. That's a that's that must be the most frustrating thing for Christoph Ratarski when he's having these sort of games is they don't look like they're leaving the hand wrong. They don't look like he's doing anything different in his action. They just don't go where he wants them to go when he's throwing at the double. Yeah. Yeah, and, and on, on this one, I was probably too quick to say yes. But because I was one on, on Sunday, and I know we'll touch on it shortly with Peter Wright's decision, I think now in the World Cup, we are going to see a lot more of this than what we've seen before with a player, uh, a captain, putting himself in that position. Um, and obviously, Ritois is going to fancy himself more. It was just a it was just a very, very poor performance and not an expected performance from what we've seen from Ritois this year. Until, Unless, obviously, you'd have seen Dobbs tweet and then you knew a 85 performance was coming. Because <laughs> he's been saying how well he's been playing. <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, he has looked good. He's looked very, very good on yeah, team this year. Yeah, final yeah. of the match play and whatever else, he looked like he's settled and he looked like he'd learnt to win with his B game as well. So when he comes out yeah. playing the way he does in the pairs, you're like, well, even if he plays his B game, he should get through his next game. He will be feisty because he's, by his standards, been very disappointed on the floor this year. But his TV yeah. he seems to have completely flipped his game around. And it's it's very Michael Van Gogh in what he's done, putting an exceptional performance and follow up with a crap one. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'll touch on Pierre more in, in a minute. Um, but game yeah. two, the host nation can count themselves extremely fortunate in this one because Japan again and Bubba, like we said, we didn't know a lot about him in round one, but he got better in in round two, boys. He really stole the show and. It only took a, was it a 108 from Max Hop that saved their skin in the pairs. Yeah, but it, it, was, it was very impressive, as we said. We were talking about Japan, and if you're going to name uh, their doubles or their pairing coming into this tournament, it's not the two names that we saw, you'd expect anyway. But the flip side of that, very, very disappointed in the singles. Uh, well, very, very disappointed across the majority of the weekend from Max Hop. We've spoke about a few players who we've seen a massive drop of form. Um, players like Devon that we've seen recently. Obviously, we've spoke about MVG's lack of title. But someone who's, for me, is in a worrying position is Matt Top. Just because how he's playing, I'm struggling to find a real, real top performance over the past, I can't think of his last one. But you think he was the one we was talking about of potentially a couple of years back, pushing towards a Premier League in events in Germany because of how well Matt Top was playing. For me, he's just someone who's fell off a cliff completely. And we saw it in this day. Average about 70. 71 for a former European 71. Tour winner. Yeah. And yeah, he saved he saved it in the doubles. He saved it in the doubles, but from an individual performance, he's certainly one player and there's some names this weekend who have stood out. Uh individually, but Matt Sopp has done the complete opposite for me and worrying times for the German. The thing um, is, when players are, are having this dip of form, normally you can see what's going wrong. Like nine times out of ten, we can sit there and go, well, his action looks a little bit off. It doesn't look that much different to mm. his normal action. He's, he's at the hockey exactly the same way, presenting the dart the same way, releasing a little bit late. He is pulling a lot of darts low, right? But that's tension and, and Snap and just snatching it through fear, but it's just not enough. 
Not of six but, on the doubles for a 71 average. The, every other player that we're seeing have chucked these poor averages in for the rest of the field for the weekend had missed shed loads of doubles, really. And on, to, yeah, on top of that, though, what we... What, sorry, all I was going to say is what, what we've seen from, from Mats before is we've lifted them numbers up. He's lifted his doubles outside up when he's been playing in Germany, when he's had that support behind him, and he had that in abundance the weekend. But we just didn't see that level lifted at all from Mats, which for me is, is yeah. more worrying. Whereas with, I'm, I'm going to use me then just um, just thinking of a name, Devon, we can see or we're aware that there's a problem there because we're aware of the problem that he had with his wrist. With Mats, there doesn't seem anything that's standing out as what that issue is, but the numbers and the performances have dropped off drastically. Yeah, and not just that, James says it in the chat room, he's probably going to be safe this year. But going into next year, there's huge question marks over Max Hop's tour card. There huge is question. For the last two years, for the last two years, he's missed the first couple of months in the season. One year he was he was injured, but the second one of those two years, he he just opted not to play in a few events. And actually, he might be the age. He's 25. He's been around for what seven or eight years now. Burst on the scene at 17 year old. Being, I, I genuinely thought that Gabriel Clemens coming into the game and elevating the way that he had would alleviate a bit of pressure off Max Hopp. He's still the darling of, of German darts. Don't get me wrong because of his age and the fact he's won a European tour. But the fact that Clemens is relatively, for the last 18 months, been more successful, he's gone deeper, he's moved up the rankings more, that might have taken some pressure off Max and he can just go back to basics and, and throwing darts. But he just looks like he's got the weight of the entire country on his shoulders every single time he plays. And yeah, agreed. Not good for someone. Agreed. Um, Netherlands making light work of Singapore, but the favourites were last on in round two and survived a huge scare. The Lithuanian captain, Darius Labanowska, stole the show in this one, boys. Was that boys or boys? Boys, you can have that. Yeah, yeah, we did. Lloyd says um, early on, there's a there's a few, and I'm sure we'll touch upon more when we get to Sunday. A few individuals who stood out within their teams, um, and a few standout performers. And Darius Labanos, this has got to be within a shape with that. A stronger partner, stronger partner, and he's probably going to be knocking out the uh, the holders at that point. Um, because he had such a good weekend, and then Johnny Clayton, not a huge average, but performance in his finishing was very good in that one. So uh, hats off to Labanowski, and it puts him in a good, uh, good place going into next weekend. Yeah, um, but the number one seed to get through. Before we go on, Daniel says, um, if they can have a World Cup in Germany, why can't the Euro Tour be there? Um, different regions have different rules, um, and the Euro Tour has sort of like set venues within Germany. Um, and everything like that, and it just wasn't possible to use the venues they wanted to. So that is why. Right from there, quarterfinals, and up first, the Austrian Renaissance continued. And God, that pairs match, that drama at the end, we saw tears from Super Chin, and then joy from the Austrians all at the same time. That game, that leg sums up what the World Cup is all about and why it should be pairs. 
Yeah, definitely. Look, we've been clamouring for it for so, so long. The fact it got to pairs, um, after Brendan Dolan does a job on Mensor Sulevic, the way Gurney had played throughout the week, the way that his form's been picking up, you expected it to be 2-0, job done, bang, bang. Gurney doesn't quite deliver that. Roby, don't get wrong, 100 average or 99.6. Superb. Daryl, only 87, um, 2 of 8 on the doubles. He still needs to find that extra level of consistency. But like you said, once it got to the pairs, once it got to that final leg, the emotion, I genuinely think this is the best chance Northern Ireland were going to get to win the World Cup. Brendan Dolan has, has just been super consistent for the last couple of years. The draw opened up a little bit. Some of the seeds had already looked a bit shaky. You look at the way that Wales got through against Lithuania. The Dutch relatively untroubled up until today, but with Dirk on side as a newbie and an MVG titleless throughout the year, which we'll get to in a bit. England, not really convincing up until that point. This was the best opportunity Northern Ireland are ever going to get to win this World Cup. And one leg of darts completely change that. Yeah, com- completely. And look, there's a couple of really good interviews with Mentor. We've got a clip from him later on, but I've got a real soft spot for him. And it was just, it was just great to see Mentor smiling again. Um, something we haven't seen... Well, I haven't seen it at all in the last 18 months, but that was good. And we'll, we'll play the clip towards the end. But from there, England, the number one seeds, again, made light work of Germany. Germany's form didn't really improve from the day before. Chisnell and Wade swept them aside. Then Wales. I thought this was going to be closer. And on reflection, I think Australia just maybe too much pressure maybe something, but didn't perform in this one at all, Boise. Yeah, it, it was another game where we've seen Wales strap through, probably the right thing to say. Once then, he chose a 2-0 win uh, and both Price and Clayton got the wins. However, um, we've just seen Australia run out a bit of steam um, and Wales sort of done what they had to do. There wasn't levels or high performances from Clayton or Price in that uh Simon Whitlock was very, very poor in his day. But we always knew it was going to be a, a, a potential difficult weekend for Australia. Um, and we just seen when it got to the Sunday, it just seemed to be a step too far. And not not because of the, the players, but it's been a, a hard couple of weeks for both Whitlock and uh, Damon Hetter. So it just seemed this this one was just a step too far on this weekend for me. Yeah, we'll say the performance wasn't quite there. We'll we'll say hello in a minute. Sorry, Niall and whoever else you're about to say hello to. Um, Without the 144 from Clayton, does Hatter pinch it? Do the Aussies have a go at them in the pairs? Because I I think they were a better pairs side. Yeah, uh, arguably. But. um... So I just thought there was something missing Simon, in the game. Making a lot more, by the way. Yeah. Gezi only chucking in an 87 average. If you're going to get that performance from Price, you have to do more against it. Yeah, exactly that um, is the thing. So, yeah, um, Niles in the chat room. Hope you are well, my friend. And then the talking point, the last quarter final. When the draw came out for this, I'm... Still can't believe Peter Wright did not play first. I genuinely... I know he said afterwards that Hendo said that I want to go at Michael. But if you're Peter, the way you're playing, 
go and beat Michael Van Gogh and take the pressure off. Right. Longer format, Peter Wright plays Michael Van Gogh all day, every day, because right now he has his number. He's got him on speed dial at number one and slots him in his back pocket whenever he wants him. Peter Wright is playing that much better than Michael Van Gogh right now. But over a short format, if Michael gets fired up and takes two legs wrongly or or however, and Peter Wright wasn't having the best weekends. He swapped darts at one point. He took the World Cup with him. He ended up with a gold stone grips again. There was there was little bits off with his game still. Taking on Dirk was a safe option. Go to the pairs and, and just get there with it. It worked. Peter Wright swapping darts doesn't mean he's not playing well. That's what Peter Wright does anyway. That's <laughs> <laughs> a standard weekend, just the switch anyway. But uh, yeah, I agree with that. One thing, looking at it though, now, do you think there was a part of that change? Because obviously he's come out and said that Endo wanted to come up against MVG. But, but do you think there was something in there, not just for that game to move to number two, that it was already a plan in place, that it was looking like it was going to be Holland and then uh, Wales, which it did end up to be? Was there already planning in there that Hendo, who had played a decent weekend, to go up against both MVG and Price? Because once you've made that change, it's not something you're going to see them swap back for the semi-final. So was it planned across more than one game and there's thinking ahead and not just looking at Netherlands? Because we know the confidence that Peter Wright's got. Would he be looking at that as... Peter Wright Wright right now is arguably the best player in the world. He's playing some of the best darts. He absolutely cruised to the match play title. Um, It's only really Gezi's recent win at the last... um, Did he win the Euro Tour? No, Gezi won the Euro Tour. Yeah, 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 that really brings Gezi back into that conversation because he's been out for so long. And chucking Hendo on first for a free attack at some of the better players in the world... There's no pressure on him because then Peter steps up, plays the captain's innings, and you're in the pairs. If Hendo does a job, brilliant, even better, right can seal it. If not, he wasn't meant to win it. He was meant to go up, have a go, try and rattle the captain, basically, MVG, Price, whoever it is. And if he gets a result, brilliant, which is what he did. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of that. Look, he got away with it. We speak, yeah, but we speak about this potential change every single year, and nobody ever does it. And then I get, teams are if you're an inferior player, if you're Peter Wright, go and send a statement. Go and beat Michael Van Gerwen. If you don't need to send a statement, you need to beat Dirk and you need the pairs match. But the pairs is that a lottery. Yeah. The pairs, the pairs, the is, pairs is a lottery. Correct. The pairs is a lottery, correct. But actually, what? you're still in the game in the pairs, and you can have another influence on that. What you have to do is win one of the two games of singles as an absolute yeah. minimum, or you're out. Go and guarantee yourself and one of those singles. Hope for a result in the other one, because if you lose to Peter Wright, all the pressures on John Henderson against Dirk Van Dijvenbode, who is a better player right now, and you're potentially going home two 0 Yes, beating Michael Van Gogh and sends a massive statement, but guarantee yourself one point and have a go at the Pairs because they didn't lose a Pairs game all weekend, the, Phil. What the Pairs does, Derby, and Phil, it's, it's a leveller. It is a leveller. So we say to anyone's, but in theory, you'd still fancy the two stronger players to get through them. But it does level it out slightly. And what it does is if you, let's say that the Netherlands and Scotland was the final and they all meet each other, 
you would then expect Peter Wright to win one, maybe two of those, but you'd expect John Henderson to leave both of those. So the, the doubles is the leveller. So obviously it's in hindsight, it's easy to say now we could be sat here and Scotland to have lost in that doubles day, quite easily to have lost in that doubles day because we went all the way and we we might be saying differently. But I think we're going to start seeing now in the World Cup a lot more of these changes. Um, people will see how Scotland have won and a lot of people... Um, we're writing off Scotland, me being one of those, um, when we saw Anderson drop out and Anderson because of how strong some of the pairings was. But I think we're going to start seeing now moving forward in the World Cup that the captain of certain teams will be moving themselves to number two and following the example of what Scotland have set this weekend. Well, Belgium did it. We didn't criticise them for it. Yeah, but Kim's the captain. I, I get Kim's been around a long, long time, but so's John Henderson. They're not too far away from each other in the rankings right now because of the dip that Kim's had. Yes, all right. Kim in a Belgium shirt is a completely different animal, but you can't bank on that turning up constantly. Dimi should have taken on Mensor with the change of pace because Dimi can adjust his pace, as we've seen him when he won the match play two years ago, as we saw when he went on to the Grand Slam. Rapid in the group, suddenly slower than Justin Pipe in the knockouts. If anybody could other... adjust to that change of pace from Mensor of those two, it's Dimmy. Kim likes a quick game, and he'd get that from Roby, who will fire him up. The other talking point in this one was the bullseye or the non-bullseye from Dirk hmm. in, in in the singles that's got social media talking. I know we spoke about it in the WhatsApp group. If that sticks in. That's a completely different game. Yeah. We'll never know the outcome again, of a completely different game, but it is a completely right. different oh. game and it might relax Dirk yeah, yeah. a little bit more. He just looked a bit on edge all weekend to me. I thought after that bullseye, his head went completely. Yeah. Absolutely oh, shot. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, you can see when the he missed board, the, board, the, board. the next visit, like it was still visibly getting to him and I, I think yeah. the outpouring of emotion that we saw at that moment was because of the bullseye and actually he'd been given a second chance that he was still a bit gutted about probably tried a little bit too hard to hit it, if, if that's a thing um didn't come off and, and and got punished for it yeah look but it, 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 things like that play on your mind it is it, the thing that's this, the same as if you're in football, I know we're using a lot of analogies here, but if you've missed a penalty in 90 minutes and then you have to take one in a penalty shootout, you're overthinking and overcomplicating everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, was, but it was Scotland who prevailed and that gave us the semi-final lineup, and it looked a little like this. Um, we'll see up the other graphics in between. England against Austria, and this man was added again. It was 2-0 to Austria, and they moved into the final. And again, the, the joy between the pair, unrivaled Boise. Yeah, it was the the individual performances, obviously, we've seen these games with it being best seven, were just so good. Um the, probably the, the most complete performance across the weekend I can think of from two individuals. Mensor, both winning 4-1, a 109 average from Mensor, a 102 from 
Rob with John, both looking in total control uh, of these. I think going into these, majority of people had picked the final. Um, and the first one that picked going through here was England. Um, not all, but majority did have that pick. But the performance we've seen from Mentor uh, was so good. And if, I know we'll touch upon it and you've got the clip later on about Mentor, but if we can see those levels and him back um, playing more, uh, it, it's going to be good for everyone. Um, but yeah, well done to Austria in the performance against England because both both players were very good. I thought on an England semi-finals, I'm not sure I expected it. There's Wade and Chisnell partnership doesn't excite as much as the England partnership could when you look at some of the other players we've got. Um, and then there off. was some performance. <laughs> And then there was, <laughs> and then I guess there was inconsistencies across both players from the weekends, but um, semi finals for me was a decent achievement from the number one seeds. And um, but well done to Austria in the semi finals, like it says, probably the most complete performance of the weekend in singles. But yeah, you're, you're right, the most uninspiring England team I can remember square pegs in round holes spring to mind. I know, but at the same time, Phil, I sat here last week and, and tried to get an answer out of you of who beats England, and nobody picked Austria, so you couldn't do it. Could you? <laughs> well, the thing is, I saw a tweet that just made me laugh. It was somebody sulking um, on, on Twitter saying, oh, for God's sake, England-Wales final. At least I won't have to watch it. I'll put the tennis on. That went <laughs> <up>. <laughs> to, to be fair, this time last week, I still wasn't convinced Mentor was going to go. But I'm glad he did. But this I time last week, when you were saying he's interviewed... What's that? I don't think Mentor was, by the way, he's interviewed. No, we'll, 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 we'll play a clip um, in a minute. And then... The defending champions were dethroned... In the second semi-final, it was a 2-1 win to Scotland. And I'm going to change the image slightly because this image is one that is going to be remembered for as long as the World Cup lives. That image there, when John Anderson steps up and pins that winning double, that's an image that you can look. That's emotion. That's the rawness, and that's what we want. Yeah, look, sometimes your name is on the trophy, and it just seemed that way this weekend for Team Scotland. They went to the pairs in, in virtually every opportunity they got. That was their game plan. Well, I'm not sure it was their game plan. It was. <laughs> it definitely went the opposite way around to probably what they were expecting in, in the semi-final. Um if, if you'd lined them singles up, you'd have probably said Peter Wright to beat Johnny Clayton and Henderson to lose to Gerwin Price. That went the other way round. Um, the nerve of John Henderson to hit the doubles when it mattered. There were, there were times when his scoring faltered, um, wasn't quite as consistent as some of the big boys, and, and that's possibly why he is where he is in the world. But actually, under pressure, his doubling, especially on tops, was one of the most assured performances we've seen since going price in the world championship final when he went absolutely berserk and tried to marry the double. Yeah. Um, just uh, that picture all day long. And then we had a final Austria against Scotland. We all know the result. They came up slightly, slightly short. And now look back, Boise, 
And this game all changed and swung in favour of Scotland in that doubles game. They were 3-0 up and blew it to let Scotland lead. And from there, you never saw them getting back into it. Yeah, I think with the, with the Sindals, um, we saw Endo lose first. Surprised me a little because the performance he put in the semis, but obviously still had the... Uh, Still had the adrenaline pumping from that semi, so we didn't see him get to the levels that he had to beat Price and Peter Rice, obviously coming through against Robbie John. But it was it was all on the doubles. I think everyone would have fancied Peter Rice to win his singles day against Mensor. So it was having that doubles and and then going to that last one. And as uh, Endo touched upon, it was a draining day for him. There was a, a lot of energy used across the whole day. We won't, we'll never know what would have happened in that final game if we'd have done it. So it was down to that doubles because there was a lot of um, confidence in Peter Wright to wrap up that fourth game. So it was just so important to do it. And as Dob said, just to add, to repeat it, the, the doubling and the pressure doubling was just so good uh, in this tournament from Endo. It was so good. And he, right, rightfully so, said that he carried him through a lot of it. And that was the case. Just because of the pressure and when it was on, John Anderson was just outstanding. Yeah, and there we have it. Peter Wright lifts the World Cup again with big John Henderson. Um, we've got a couple of clips to play you in a second. But uh, Murph, good to have you watching along, mate. Hope you are all good. Um, Sebastian, hope you are well. Paddy as well in the chat room. Superb as always. Um, Yankee Clipper, we're just going to tee up. I'm going to get rid of that. First of all, um, we've got a couple of clips with, with this clip from Mensa, but a couple of real telling interviews from, from Mensa Sulevich. And just listen, we'll, we'll listen to the clip and then we'll discuss, boys. Uh, also, uh, I'm so, so happy I stayed uh, and played. Uh, um, three weeks ago, I think I'm out. I'm, I'm not playing. I'm. Uh, so sorry, I think uh, it's so hard for me, no practice, no tournaments, nothing. I think it's finished, that career is finished. I think, come, Mensu, one more, please. I come back, I play good, I hope next week better. I'm really, really happy I stay here and play here. Some, some interesting points that you made over the weekend, boys. And deep down, I'm not sure how many more times we see Mentor Sulevich on a PDC stage. Are you? It, it, it was the one from, was it round two, when he said, sorry, everyone, this isn't the old Mentor. I'm sorry. Yes, but the fact they made the final, the joy... The way that he performed in the singles as well, by the way, like two matches where he's chucked 100 and change average, 107, 109, I think the two were, like that's not a man who's ready to walk away from the game. Okay, don't be wrong, five legs, 4-1, 4-1, or whatever it was when he was doing those, but that's not a man that's ready to walk away from top-level darts because he's still very, very good. Travelling and that sort of thing has never really been his bag. We might see him be a little bit more selective over events, but there's absolutely no way we leave Mentor Sulevich just yet, I think. Maybe another 18 I hope months. Not. I have not. I, I, I genuinely hope not. 49, I think. Oi, oi. 
<laughs> Another 18 months, men, so on. You can have a crack at Philip Douglas. <laughs> I think I think that's a, that's a probably a key point, around 18 months, because of his positioning where he is in the world, because of him now qualifying for the Grand Slam, um, obviously the world's coming up. His positioning will be on the rankings. I think we will still see him for some of the tournaments this year. He's not one I it wouldn't surprise me then if we're not seeing him at the um at the Pro Tour events. But I do expect to see him at the, the couple obviously he's already qualified for, and then in probably a little less next year. But if he's putting in those performances, um it's gonna be very hard to keep him away because some of those performances that they put in this weekend was just simply a Stunning from Mentor, and like says, it was good to see. And then we have the victorious Scottish team. We've got a clip here for you again. The full interviews are over on our YouTube channel. So after the live lounge, not before, make sure you head over and have a listen. But we're going to play you mostly Big John. Aberdeen Premier League was the best night of my life until the night. And I hate saying that in front of all the Aberdonians, but just to stand up there and win this with this great friend of mine is the pinnacle of anybody's career. Uh, I can now say I'm a World Cup champion where oh, all them people in Aberdeen who were there. I, exactly. Uh, champion. Uh, I, I hope everybody in Aberdeen will be watching, but uh, but it's it means so much to me. Uh, I know uh, Peter's done it before and and I, and, I, and I seen that even with Peter's reaction the night, what it meant to him, even to win it a second time with a, a, a different opponent, that, and nobody else has ever done that. And I don't think they will do that again. But he's won it with two different people. But uh, that's how good this man is, and uh, oh, absolutely fantastic, Phil. Just listening to him. Just made my day because again we've said it before darts is the only sport where fairy tales do come true boys yeah sport is the only place where it comes true leicester's a fairy tale but it happens far more in in darts than everywhere else and it's superb and there is not a single person in the darting landscape unless you're a very very big austrian darts fan <laughs> and even then, I think half of them are looking at it going, actually, yeah, Big John is one of the nicest guys in darts. You can see what it meant to him. Peter Wright was in the chat room last week. and We, we quoted him saying, I'm going there to win it after we, we spoke to him at the European um, Euro Tour. Um, and he let slip he was playing with John. He's like, I'm not going there to just take part. Me and John are going to win it. And I'm not sure he believed that at that moment, but he proved it right. He, he's picked up another title. Actually, imagine Gary Anderson being sat on the sidelines going, do I get back in this team? Gary didn't even watch. Rachel probably told him that Scotland won. <laughs> 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 yeah, he, 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 he probably didn't watch. He just likes to play, doesn't he, Derek? So, um, yeah. But I think one one just on one point on uh, end of what was so good this weekend is with this win. Obviously, a lot of people saying if Scotland were winning, we needed to see a, an, an outstanding level from Peter Wright. Um, and that's not an offer, John Anderson, but obviously some of the pairings were so strong. Um, but the levels that John Anderson got to this weekend, um, winning the singles down with then's price, 
the levels he was playing in the doubles um, was was just so good to see. The only thing missing from me to make it perfect for him was the fact it'd have been just so much nicer if he'd have won it. If he'd have obviously it'd have been his game, but other than that, he, he was just outstanding across the whole weekend. Yeah, completely. That was the World Cup. Before we go, someone asked a question in the chat room. I think it was Adam says to me, Phil, forget rankings. Who would your England team be? Because obviously I said that the England team doesn't excite me. It would be a combination. I'd be happy with any set of these three, Aspinall, Smith and Cullen. I'd be happy with any combination of those three. Because they all play, yeah. play right for me. As in, good to watch, good tempo. They're all good to interview. I, I, w- I would prefer I prefer two of those three um, as well. I'm not sure Dob would agree. Um, just just one one point on the on the Scotland, and I know we don't see it in the World Cup, but should next year should it be these two? If you've won the World Cup, should you then be defending your title as the same pairing? Morally, yes. However, broadcasting and commercially, not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Morally, yes, 100%. But if Gary wants to play, Gary will play, unfortunately, because of yeah. everything that goes, no, I so, goes yeah. so, yeah, so not So, not this year, we've, with any year. Um, should that be something that's in place? Because, obviously, look at the rankings. If Darren Anderson and Peter I want to play next year, John Anderson's probably got to win the world to be above either of those. I'm still on my <laughs> note. It's going to be in Germany. There's no way Gary travels. And actually, after seeing these two win it and the fact it would be a, a, a journey, I think he might just say, do you know what? You two go again. Unless it's somebody else in John Henderson's place. If John Henderson falls further out the rankings and he's not number two or number three in terms of the Scots, then Gary might not have an issue with taking that spot back. Um, and interestingly, before we wrap up, Huge for Hendo that he's in the Grand Slam there. We touched about his tour card. He's in a precarious position in 59. This could be huge. Massive for him to keep hold of it. On similar, Roby John doesn't have a tour card and he finds himself in the Grand Slam. Um, He might earn himself one. The way he's been playing on the challenge tour and then coming through onto the pro tours as well throughout the year might earn himself one outright this year i'm not entirely sure where he is in the rankings but a decent run out of the group he seems to be playing okay the short format will suit him to get out of the group i think a little bit um there were times this weekend when the action looked very very good there there was still the odd moment where he probably hesitated a little bit too much on some of the darts i think he gets a little bit lost on the backswing and pulls him but they were firmly thrown good darts from Roby for a large part of this weekend. Um, He's massive. 13 and a half grand, 13 and a half thousand pounds off of Andy Hamilton. Does that include first round Grand Slam money? No, I don't don't think so. So the world's as well. Backdooring it into Um, that tour card and the world championships. Not a bad year for a player that didn't, that wasn't deemed good enough from Q school rankings. Yeah. Um, so that's that one. Looking ahead, we have the first World Series event, but the only one 
of the year in terms of individual events. The Nordic starts Masters this weekend over two days in Copenhagen. There we have the lineup, and we'll put the draw up in a second so we can have a look at it. But the eight PDC players, Gerwin Price, Peter Wright, Michael Van Gerwen, Gary Anderson, Nathan Aspinall, Johnny Clayton, Dimitri Vandenberg and Fallon Sherrick will take on the best from the Nordic and Baltic regions, gentlemen. Looking forward to it. It's more darts, Philip. It's more for us to talk about next Monday. It's more darts on over the weekend. It's on ITV, or at least some of it will be. We'll wow. talk about that in a moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Nordic and Baltic could be a bit stronger, and that's that's my only... That's my that's my criticism of it. There are a couple there that you expect might. Lavanauskas has got an outside chance after the way that he played at the World Cup to maybe give an upset, but can he go deep enough to do a Damon Hetter or Kyle Anderson? Probably not. Um, Rasma again depends what version of him turns up. Tough game against Nathan Aspinall. Um, Darius's record against Michael Van Gerwen is atrocious. Been in position to beat him a few times, but. Never quite to get over the line. And, and and the rest of them, I'm not really expecting that much from them, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with Dobbin. I've been, uh, I've been looking at those and looking at the, the eight that have come on from the PDC. It's very difficult to pick out any there. As we said, uh, Darius's form the weekend puts him in good stead against uh, Michael Van Derwin. Rasmus, we know, uh, can get to that level and over those short formats. Maybe he's got a chance at uh, a, a chance against Aspinall. But then when we go to the London format, I'm not too sure we'll we'll see any of those past the quarterfinals. But uh, on with Dob, I'm just looking forward to start, uh, start, start over every week. And it seems we've got even though. Uh, I'm sure I've seen someone, someone on Twitter say it was a, a very quiet time for darts. I'm not sure um, <laughs> what calendar they were looking at. But the calendar I've looked at seems very, very busy. And what, uh, and I'm looking forward to it just being non-stop every weekend. Well, let's be fair. If you're John Ingleström, that you want Dimitri Vandenberg to average 80, whatever it is again. Is it, I just don't see it. No, I, I don't, but that's, that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's what you want, Definitely. but I'm still not sure it would be enough. I mean, I want to win the lottery, mate. If it doesn't mean it's going to happen, <laughs> you'd still be able to win the lottery, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. one huge talking point that's that's come out today is Friday. It's only a two-day event, yet Friday it looks as if we're not going to get complete coverage on ITV in the UK. Um. I've emailed Dave Allen from the PDC to find out that are the games that aren't going to be live, are they going to be streamed on PDC TV or not? I hope so. Uh, yeah. The problem is that if they are, the chance of them being in the UK streamed are weird because of the way they'll cut it off with whatever and then, shouldn't really say this, but just jump on a VPN anyway. I fear that... UK UK fans are going to miss out. And then we're going to get it in the neck because people want to watch it live and there might be a little highlights package before they get onto the to the live darts wherever they get to. But 
be aware, people, that if you're on social media in the UK in particular, we're going to tweet stuff live as it happens, whether we can watch it on TV at the same time as you or not. So please well, don't have a go at us because your country's not the only place where you're watching it live. Here's an interesting one. How do you schedule this? Who misses out on not being live? Because and I, and I say this because we all know that MVG writes Price and Anderson. They're, they're going to want prime time. They're going to want them on TV. Are we agreed? Yeah. I think... After selecting her, Fallon is above Gary Anderson in that list right now. Well, I, I, this is what I was getting to. If you don't play, if you don't put but Fallon Gary alive, fifth baby, there's, there's no point yeah. in selecting her. Correct. Because it, it, it's that showcasing and, and and everything like that. So that that's that that's a real interesting one. Look, hot. Again, you're probably going to say that Aspinall, Clayton, and Vandenberg are the three that open the show. Are we? Are we kind of agreeing that? Future, two of them are your future. I don't know. I just don't see how you can do it. Yeah, it's, it's also. I'm, so I'm just looking. I, I wasn't sure what time it. So it's on it. 9.15 UK time till midnight. So it's also what time you schedule those games because as much as Fallon, Fallon's the highlight probably name, that's why she's in it now that we want to see is to be on TV. Are you going to put her on that late for the UK audience not to see her? So would then she be on game four or five for when that show starts? Possibly. The fact that James is saying Clayton will miss out first. The Premier League and Masters champion won more TV titles than anybody else this year, and he's the first name you're dropping off the list. Well, Peter Arch just leveled him, I guess. At two apiece. He's, yeah, he's, he's the first name missing out. He's probably the second for me looking at those. I think Aspinall would probably come off first just because of what Johnny's done this year. But then Johnny's second. Interestingly, as well, they cut the format in this. The, the, the first round is best of 11, like the first round always is. But the later stages of the World Series events was always first to 11, wasn't it? Because that's what Kyle... I thought Kyle beat Corey 11-10. I've seen the clip enough times in the last few weeks, I honestly don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, but we did. Quarter, we did. Yeah. Quarterfinals, semi-final, final, all best of fifteen. But have those events previously been across three days and not two? Yeah. Or have they always been two? I thought it was because it was across three days normally, and now they've. I think the Vegas, Vegas was definitely two. The last Vegas one was definitely two. I feel like the Australian one is three. But saying that, this is still across three sessions, isn't it? Because you've got the afternoon where the other ones right. would have been yeah. three evening sessions. So, yeah, we shouldn't. Have... Yeah, the point. 
I just, if the World Series is as important to the PDC calendar as made out and the fact they've pushed to get one on, I don't get why they're then pushing it over two days and struggling to put it on TV for a broadcaster that has four channels that are available on what you traditionally call terrestrial TV plus an online space. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's interesting to see as well if they don't have it on one of those four, will they have it on their will they have it on their hub? Yeah. Will it will it be available at all? Because like it says it just makes it it's a strange tool for it to be on. And the names that have been put in there uh, of how the scheduling will fall because if it starts at seven, we're gonna miss potentially four of those. And then, because it's, yes. if it started seven, it's only, it's only first to six. It's not going to finish at twelve o'clock as their scheduling say. So, are they going to show delayed action instead of live to try and fit it all in? Um, Missy, I've, it will be on PDC TV for some regions, um, but I don't know which broadcasters have taken it. I don't know whether RTL have taken it or not. If RTL haven't taken it then it will probably be on PDC TV. But if RTL are taking it, it will be on RTL. Um, so I don't know there. Um, yeah, Niall, bang up for the Irish Darts Masters. I'll be well up for that. Um, Henry, put the, quite put, last one in last one in Japan was 2016, I think. Um And that was best of it. This is weird. I reckon it looks like they play with the format depending on what country they're in. Possibly. Which is, I'm, I'm just looking now. Some of them are best of 15 and then some of them are best of 19 and 21. So it looks like it depends on what country it's in as in what the format is. Um, like RPR rule number one, as if we're surprised. Rule number one, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Please, please, please refer to rule number one, even when he snapped his Achilles and got a boot on. Yeah. Did, did you see that picture at the weekend that Eddie played instead of him for Essex Cricket, wherever it was? No, I see Eddie at the golf, by the way. Did you see the video I sent you earlier? That's definitely going to make yeah, yeah. in one of these. Uh, no, there was, um, no, there, there was um, a picture I think Barry put at the weekend that Eddie played. For his cricket team. He's a busy man, is Eddie. 47 not out. Um, so, yeah, I, I presume it will be on PDC TV. But, but look, looking at the action, boys, uh, early predictions. Can we look past the, the big two or three in this? Do we see a surprise on the World Series? Well, before we do get your predictions in, guys, this is a good time for you to have the last crack at the poll if you've not done so already, because this might lead on to some of our answers. Um, and whilst you're there, please drop us a like on the stream as well. 133 votes on the poll, but only 37 likes. Does exactly the same thing, just clicking in different places for us, guys. We'd really appreciate it. Um, now I've given you enough time to think about it, Boise, where are you going? Oh. <laughs> as if you're surprised. Was... Three weeks know, off, mate. You still don't know this works. I wish, uh, I wish I'd have said all that and then threw it to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go for 
Yeah, well, I entered you in the poll as soon as I joined. So, yeah, I'm going to go Michael Van Derwin. We didn't see him win his title this weekend. I said Holland were going to win the World Cup. I don't get them all right. But MVG, he's going to win it this weekend. Where are you going, Gob? Bravery. Um. Horrible little part of the draw there. Come on, Dob. You know who's coming to you next. You know who it was. Go in prize. Go in prize. <laughs> loses in the final. I'm just trying to work out whether that is to Peter Wright or Nathan Aspinall. Snake bite again. Where am I going? Honestly, my, I keep getting drawn to one name and I shouldn't because I've got nothing to back this up with. I've got no form and when I spoke oh, to him on the phone, he hasn't even picked a set of darts up until the other day. I, can't, I keep looking at Gary Anderson and I shouldn't because I've got nothing to base it on. Nothing whatsoever. <laughs> You, you say like like the rest of our picks are always well researched and have lots of. Oh yeah. Bases. It's not I'm just going to pluck that name from there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go Gary Anderson to beat Michael Van Gogh in the final. Interesting. <laughs> Let us know in the chat room. We've got some Peter Wright going price. Um, Jamie says Peter Wright's the winner. Uh, Missy Nathan Aspinall. Uh, Paddy says Peter Wright again. Come and get involved, everyone. Uh, Brendan says, I feel like it's time for Anderson to do something. Yeah, I've got nothing to back it up with. I just keep getting drawn to his name. Um, I don't know if he's going to agree to it, but I'm going to try and get some, some quality footage with Gary on Thursday. Bit of a vlog. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. On the, road, on the road with Gary Anderson. He might swear too much, but... <laughs> um, I'll put it on the OnlyFans. Yeah, um, Niall, when you say pick <laughs> the eight players, you mean the eight Irish representatives? Um, I, for to pick... So if, if 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 we did an Irish darts masters, my eight Irish representatives would be Keen Barry, John O'Shea, Niall Cullerton, um, Kevin Burness, Are you Are picking we... non card holders right now? Yeah, I'm picking non non card holders. What's that? Barry's got one. Barry's got one. Yeah. But... Yeah, but it's a bit like the Fallon, isn't it? They'll, they'll, they'll pick them. Um, Rafferty. Yeah, Rafferty. Um, struggling a bit now. Yeah. Um, 
come back to them, that, but def definitely those in there. Right, from there, the darts didn't stop because we had some WDF action down at Selzy as well. And I'm, I apologise to everyone. I've literally just gone on the website and copied and cut a load of stuff because I didn't get a lot of chance to... Uh, good shout, Kieran Tian as well. Yep, 100%. So, first of all, on the Friday night down at Fun Leisure in Selzy, Neil Duff won the Pentathlon Boys, a prestigious event that's been, been going on and on. Tough to win as well, Gob. It is very tough. I, I like the Pentathlon. I'm a little bit... I think there should be more coverage of it. It's a truly unique event. It's 10 events that they, they compete in all over. Um, at one point, I thought Luke Littler was going to absolutely walk this. The youngster, he's been in superb form in the year. He was leading the table through five or six events, I think it was. Um, but it's a cracking event to win, is Neil Duff. Um, solid. Yeah, again, Neil Duff's one for the Irish Masters as well. And yes, Laura, you're correct. Um, Connor Heenahan, definitely, because he's massively impressed yeah. me. And Chris Gilliland as well. He's been super so, heavy, some, Yeah. So, yeah, something like that. But, yeah, I'm back, back to where, where yeah, Neil Duff winning the pentathlon. And yeah, like you say, not a huge amount of coverage, but probably should have been. Um, but it's just good to see this back because this is a huge step to normality for darts. The fact they had that many people in one location, Boise, is a huge step forward. Yeah, of course. Is it, We're talking about, obviously, we've been talking about the events at the, the PDC holding, but we need to see more now of the grassroots and arts. We've seen um, mad over the, the coming months and how that's progressing. And we've talked about the events coming up and the Worlds for the WDF. So it is good to see and uh, these tournaments and see some of the names that we've seen over the weekends. I was like you, I didn't, I wasn't able to see much of the footage. I tuned into a little bit on Sunday. Um, but other than that, it was it was good to see and good to see the updates from uh, the WDF. Yeah. Um, and then from there, moving on to the England national singles um, winner, Neil Duff picked up his second title of the weekend and Fallon Sherrick picking up the ladies being Brian Roman, who we'll talk about more in a minute. And Anastasia Dobromislova. Um, again, in, in terms of WDF stuff, Boise, names there that you'd expect to be in the latter stages picking up titles. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. I'd say there was there was some uh, some names in there. I'd like to say I'd say the majority of the last eight sort of onwards, seen some of the results coming through, but the the four names that we see there are ones that we expect to see. And it's good to see not only them picking up trophies, but the uh, the, the quality we saw from them as well. Yeah, and I'm yeah, not sure um, if it was this or if it was on the Sunday. But Bo Greaves was meant to be in this final and had to withdraw on health conditions. So I'm hoping that she is okay. She was replaced by Anna. So I think it was this one, not the Sunday tournament. Um, so yeah, and Anna got a buy straight to the final um, yeah. in that one because uh, Bo had to yeah. pull out because of, of health reasons. Again, we don't know don't know what and wouldn't want to speculate, but again, hope Bo is well and on the mend, whatever that was. But yeah, Fallon Cherrick with that result, well, and we'll talk about it in a minute, she lost in the final, 
She moves up to second in the WDF ladies rankings now as well. And with this one, um, Dita books her place at Lakeside, beating Anastasia de Bromislova in the ladies England Open 6-2 win in the final. So Dita will be going to Lakeside, Boise. Yeah, but if, I, I did see, I saw clips of this and, and did explain well, and it puts her in good stead. Well, there's two parts of it. It puts her in good stead um, for the women's series, which is coming up very, very soon. And then she's already booked a place. But I would expect to start to see the name start flooding through when we have the next events with Anastasia booking herself there and so also Fallon. But yeah, it was a, a good performance from Dieter Edmund and Still to put a name in the mitts when we start seeing the ladies series and seeing if we can push herself for one of those spots at the Grand Slam initially. Yeah. And then we said we'd speak about and Brian Roman is the new WDF ranked number one player as well. 6-2 victory over Ian Jones to become the England Open men's singles champion god. And again, a man that we've seen do bits and bobs before, been in and around a, a long, long time, but he's now ranked one in the WDF. Yeah, a player that has, has used the development tour. He, he's been around. He was very much part of the same school that produced the Rodriguez, the Mike Dedeca. What what an era that was, by the way, for the Dev Tour, like two, three years ago. The standard of players they produced. Brian Roman was one of them, picked up a couple of titles, I believe. Um, and it is, is now WDF number one, guaranteed to be at the lakeside. Um, for the WDF World Championship, chance to get your name out there and on current form, you wouldn't put it past him winning that title. No, definitely. Didn't he? he played played some some really really good stuff, um, and of course we can't forget uh, the youth as well. Sorry, there's no pictures. That was the only shot on the on on the page that I, I could I, I could nick. Um, not sure I like the wording of this. I'm not going to lie. Um, but Luke Littler won the mixed uh, event. Um, and Paige Pauling won the, 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 the girls' event. But Luke Litter again, a man that we've seen do some great, great things over the last 18 months. One of the target elite boys, boys seeing that's really starting to show. Yeah, firstly, I'm with you as well on the names. I'm not, I don't like the, the mixed winner title. Um, but yeah, he's going to be one to look look out for uh, another one of the young lads coming through. Um, we've seen his name around quite a lot because of how well he's been doing. Um, so yeah, no real surprise to see him beating up a title then this weekend. No, no, not, not not at all. And like we said, just great to see WDF action back um, as well. And it's, it's more than having everyone all in one room like it was. Didn't seem to be any any issues, which was, which was good. Um, yeah, this, so, the, uh, I'd like to, I tuned into bits on somebody in the setup of it and, and everyone seemed to run um, very smoothly. The, the setup with all the boards at the back of the stage and looked very good. Uh, so it's good to see these sort of events backed up and running. Um, so overall a good, good darting weekend. Yeah. Um, so yeah, plenty, plenty to look forward to um as well like we said plenty hotting up in the pdc but chat room is open everyone i don't think we've missed anything else in the week of darts have we boys 
I hope not. It's finals week in the live league. Started today. Yep, Champions Week has started and is underway. Um, Kevin Vaness strutting his stuff today. Dark. Yeah, the only thing we probably need to tell you about that one is that Chaz Barca should have been in Group A, but due to work commitments, has declined the the second option, basically, to try and make it into Saturday night's final. That's why he's not in there. We know the format can be a little bit confusing to some of you, so that's why Chaz is not playing today. Tomorrow and Wednesday, he'll be back late in the week. Um, Yeah, I guess... Yeah, I guess following that, before we get any more questions in, or as the questions are coming in and building up, it's um, time to discuss the poll. Yes. What was the final result? We're going to put one of these into the show every single week. We promised you this one last week. We probably could have gone with a number of different options given the weekend and John Henderson's performance and the like of that and got your opinion on that. And it might not always be a yes-no option either. Um, we might give you who was the best this week or or who's most likely to win the World Championship given the current position, etc., etc. But given the increasing number of... I, I don't want to say excuses, but the, the more vocal interviews we're hearing from Michael Van Gerwen now, and it doesn't quite seem to be his fault as often, and it doesn't quite seem to be just the performance as to why he's not getting titles and getting to the latter stages of some of these televised events. Will Michael Van Gerwen win a title in 2021? And that includes the floor event. And if we we flirted with this question in February, March time. Um, yeah. Our, our, our co-host, Jarliff, said it would be absolutely unthinkable that Michael Van Gerwen goes the year without a title. Goes the year without a TV title. And okay, the next couple of months are when the season really hots up, but there aren't many opportunities on the floor anymore. Seven left, Dirk. I think. Dirk was meant to be that little bit of a spark that perhaps reignited him and gave him that little bit of a fallback option. That didn't quite materialise at the World Cup. And if he hasn't won a title going into the World Championship in the most barren year since his debut year on the PDC, would it then make it the most difficult World Championship for him to win that he's ever competed in? Arguably, yes. Um, You'd have to say, if he hasn't picked up one by then, it would. Um, But also, if he goes into that World Championship having not won one, maybe, just maybe, the pressure might be off a little bit because no one is then expecting him to win it either. Possibly. I think on that one, though, the pressure he puts on himself probably is more than what he's done in of the other world championships yeah, because yeah. for him that's probably the switch of that i think yeah, he will yeah. he, he won't be he won't be heavily tipped if he goes into the world without winning one but i think personally from what um, um from what you see from michael that how much pressure he puts on himself i can only see that growing the more and more this is going on and that might be part of the issue why we haven't seen him win one because 
he's putting that pressure on himself. Um, I don't think we get to that stage. Obviously, I'll take him doing this weekend. Um, but even yeah. even without that, I I confidently say that he wins multiple titles still before the end of this year because I think yeah. he's still that multiple. Time. Yeah, yeah. If we include him floor as well, he wins more than one title. I think yeah. There is still a level to his game that we have seen throughout parts of this year that has been very, very good. But it's been that follow-up moment. And it's also been, think wrong, he's been massively unlucky at times this year. Right? There have been performances where the players have, have just produced the absolute sublime against him. And there's not a lot he can do about it. And in, in years gone by, perhaps he would have found an extra gear or he would have stopped that earlier. He seems to have lost that air of, inevitability, especially in a deciding leg. I, I don't know the exact stats for it this year, but I, I, from what we've seen, I think his deciding leg record is not very good compared to a man that won, what, 30 consecutive deciding legs on the Euro Tour? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, but Dob, Dob, my, my point on that on the multiple is because the confidence, the, the pressure he puts on himself, we always say, but the confidence from MVG... Does it, he's, n he's not at the level. We can say it's not at the level it's been previously. But as soon as he wins one, and I know we've said it about players before, but we know what MVG can do. As soon as he wins one, i.e. if he does and wins a Pro Tour event, it does not surprise me if the next day he does and wins the next one. Because that's why I yeah. think there's multiple there. Because I think as soon as we see him pick up one, and more so if that first one is a TV event, if we see him pick up one, I see him having one of those runs and then dozing, potentially dozing to the world as the favourites. If he hasn't won one by the Players' Championship, then there's a big worry because I, I don't see him going into that one being the last one of 2021, depending if we're taking the world in this year or not. Um, that is the big worry. But I expect him to pick up one before and that confidence to spur him on to multiple. I won't say how many, because it depends when that first one comes. But that's that's my thinking behind that, that the multiple will come. I thought he actually played quite well at the weekend. I thought he looked half decent at the weekend, I've got to say. Yeah, he's looked half decent for the last couple of months, but he just hasn't quite had it in those decisive killer moments that get you over the line and, and get your name on those trophies and get your name and that check going into your bank account. And I, I think he does not have the same level of dominance that he had in 2016, 2017. And we are still very much comparing him to that. And if you look at other players that are playing at a similar level on the tour that are without titles this year, or, or just without titles in general, you, you Dave Chisnell, you Michael Smith, etc. A lot of them, we talk about if they get one, they'll get multiple and they're too good to not. But the standard of everybody else, the way that Peter Wright, Gerwin Price, Johnny Clayton, etc., are playing this year, James Wade winning the UK Open, it's not quite as simple as that anymore when you consider the rest of the field that are chasing and the amount of titles that were shared around for the last 18 months. Is it is it genuinely a case of Michael just needs to get over the line in one? Or I, I is there think a, so. Is I, there a genuine chance it doesn't happen? Because six months no, ago, I, if we were sat still asking this question, we'd have been laughed out of the room. I was asked, I did an interview for a Dutch radio last week, um, and I said this, it's, at the moment, it's got the feel of 2012 again. But I, I genuinely think that 
once he wins one, like he did with the Grand Prix, he will then go on again. I'm not, I'm not going to say he's going to dominate again like he did, but once he wins one, I think the rest follow again. Possibly. Yeah. I, I'm I on that basis, but, but, but for me on that, it's when we're talking now, because we are, we are talking about titles, so it doesn't have to be a TV title. It depends on where that first one thumbs. If that first one thumbs on the Pro Tour, I'm not convinced that then it's we're down to see him win those multiple ones. It's more as if that first one thumbs on the TV, and it might even be an event like this weekend, um, and we haven't got such, you know, we've only got two days of, of darts for him to down and win it, but I think it's that TV win that is where that confidence will, will grow more than if it's just a Pro Tour event. If he goes on and wins a Pro Tour, I would probably be battling to win the following day because that's how he does it. But I think it's more on TV than he needs to win a title um, because that's where we've seen him grow and that's where we've seen him grow when he won the Grand Prix many years ago. I guess the, the fact that he only has to win four games this weekend to win the title makes it the easiest chance he's going to get for the rest of the year. Despite the fact that obviously the eight or the other seven seeded players are the best players in the world, in inverted commas, because you've got the likes of James Wade and Michael Smith and, and whoever else missing yeah. out. And Dobb is in the worst is in the worst half of the draw for me. If you the shoes he wants to be in, and no disrespect to the players, but you want to be in Durban Price's shoes this weekend for the opening part of that to have uh, Darry Anderson, who we haven't saw this weekend, Dimmy, we we saw underperform. Fallon, we haven't seen on a uh, TV for so many months. That's the half of the draw. Is certainly not the, the difficult half of those, even though it is less dangerous in a shorter format. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Definitely. Well, that's that's the poll done with this yeah. week. Um, any in the chat room jumping in? Lucky D will beat Dirk. Will be MVG, I think, from Jamie. It's not going to be easy for him. He's playing bad. It's more players are punishing more now than that they used to. I, I tend to agree with that. And I'm not one that buys into the, the standard of darts has massively risen. I think the general level of the 16 to 90th in the world has got better and got a little bit more consistent and they, they seem to take those few more opportunities but actually in terms of overall ton plus averages on the TV and that sort of thing, I, I think darts was probably in a bit of a stronger place five, six years ago when Phil Taylor still hanging around, Gary Anderson was in better form and the like AD Lewis was at the top of his game, Barney was at the top of his game, I, I still think that era was a little bit stronger than what we're seeing now No, I agree Completely agree. But it just feels that little bit more competitive. Yeah. Um, How many titles did MVG win last year? Good question. Not many. A couple of pro tours. And the players. And the players. Um, about, I don't. I know. I know George is going, but I don't know which other ones are. I would assume it will be George, 
Kirk and one other. I'm not sure if Russ is up and about. Did he have a knee operation a month or so ago? Good question. I saw, I, he put something on his Twitter. He had, he had an operation of some sort. So it might be Russ if he's up and well. If not, probably Hugh again. Should we, should we go for Tug's question? Because he's asked it twice now. Bless him. <laughs> go on then. Do we think it's fair when professionals are still playing Super League and County in the amateur side of the game? Um, I don't know. It's a tough one because they've got to get match practice and whatever from somewhere. There are events that are capped ability-wise, but they seem to be more online and based around average. And I don't tend to agree with that as a as a marker of ability or performance because you can win anything with a 70 average if your opponent has a bad one or you have a decent couple of legs and have a terrible couple of legs. It doesn't actually reflect the top level of your game. Um, I guess that that's up to the organisations. It, it makes... Not being funny, the way that county organisations are run, if you've got an opportunity at someone that's played at the BDO World Championships or, or played at the PDC World Championships that plays county darts, should hopefully get a few more bums on seats to come and watch. A lot of county for the last couple of years has literally been the teams and their friends and family that, that perhaps come to watch. It's not quite filling out venues of spectators coming to watch the locals play anymore. And actually, this having those big names still about might get the odd one or two sneak in, especially if it's an away county and you see who's um, been picked out for that. So basically, a free exhibition, isn't it? Close enough. But also, also define professional. Yeah. Because te- te- technically, Johnny Clayton is not a professional dart player. Yeah. So I guess it's tour Italian- is a bit different, but then challenge tour. They've all got to practice and ply their trade somewhere. Yeah. I'm not sure where yeah, you'd no, stop banning okay. The thing is, County and Super League has always been the, the progression. You can see the players that then go on to play the BDO Opens traditionally and then qualify for the World Cup, etc. at the World Championship. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't have an issue with it personally. Um, yeah. Reese says... Thoughts on the comments and the board? Um, look, I've, I've, I've said it before and, I, and I'll say it again. I'm not bashing Unicorn. Um, a lot of the issues around the Unicorn boards, and I say that because they're the ones that sponsor the PDC and they're the ones we see, I see on TV, is a storage issue. Sizal is a living plant. Um, and... Nearly every board, if you store them at room temperature, they will last and they are good. But the problem is, is the PDC, because it's moved around, they're stuck out in a freezing cold truck or, or wherever they're stored in, in a flight container or whatever that, that, that's relatively cold, taken out of a box and bunged onto a stage that is baking. So the size will just dry so quickly. And that's why... There's, there's issues with the boards on TV. Look, in my opinion, the, the Blade 5 dual core is the best board on the market by, by a long way. 
However, the Eclipse HD boards that we see on TV are not as bad as what the stick they get. It, if they were, no. all the boards were stormed at room temperature and consistently, you would have a better board. I, I think if you put any board in that TV situation as well, we're going to see a similar, I'm not saying exactly the same, but we're going to see a similar amount of instances of darts not sticking in board. The one that happened to Dirt this weekend should never happen. That was a, a dead spot in the board. That that should never, ever be a thing. And, and that's where I've got an issue. Darts falling out the board, I think, are as often player and user error as it is the board itself. Yeah. Yeah, like, like we said, there's players. Right. Yeah, there's, there's players were throwing technique issues that, like yeah. Benito van der Pass, the way the board we there, the way it tries to enter the board at such a steep angle, it cannot penetrate at that angle. So yeah, again, darts clipping wires and flights, that that happens. Um, but there we go. Uh, weekly darts cast. He says. Um, how do you see the first weekend of the UKD, UKDA playing at? God, one for you. Well, as I'm going to be on stage on the Sunday, I'm really looking forward to it. I just think because it's been so long, I'm just hoping that I don't see any organisational issues. It's just can people handle it being back in? Don't get a little bit overexcited. It's possible. Um should be a good battle. People have had long enough now to play in Super League and get ready to play in, in the flesh again. Um, still might be a few that are concerned about COVID, etc. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's not a massive change to the old setup. It, it's just had a bit of a facelift, new people running it, etc. Um, but yeah, I'm quite excited for it because I'm at a new venue, absolutely miles away compared to where it should be. And I should be there on a Saturday as well. But unfortunately, I'm at T20 finals day. So, you know, I have to go to that. Um, but yeah, I'll be back on stage yeah. for the Sunday. Derby versus Nottinghamshire. Walking straight into the A-team game on the Sunday. is not how I imagined my return. Um, bit of a local one as, as a Nottingham boy calling for Derbyshire. Uh, but I am really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, should be. Should, should be good, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, unfortunately, I, I, I go and watch Hampshire when I can, but I'm in Copenhagen this weekend, so won't be able to watch the, the Hampshire boys this week, unfortunately. That's a shame. But yeah, so no, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to it. Um, question here, um, where was it about the World Cup? Should it always be in Germany? No, it shouldn't. No, However, no. commercially, yeah. it's always going to be. <laughs> uh, bar, yeah. Barring COVID times, that it's just the way it is. Yeah. I'm disappointing. But, yeah, I, I definitely think it, And I'm not even saying just stick it in England, and I'm not even saying just stick it where the reigning champs are, because then nine times out of ten, it is going to be back on the British Isles. I just think it should be rotated around a bit. There are countries out there that no, no, love their dad. Um, yeah, so and, Europe is fantastic. It would be amazing to put it down under, but I guess because of the World Series and the time differences and everything else, that possibly wouldn't go to plan. But I think they've been so good in the World Cup for so long, they almost deserve a shot at it down under back home. 
Yeah, it'd be, yeah. It'd be good to see in a in a rotation um, of some sort. Like I said, we've spoke about certain countries who potentially shouldn't have been there, but then there's others who, for me, have deserved the right over the years to now host it, uh, and Australia yeah. being one of those. Um, but there's certainly a few more in there, um, one of which being the run that we've seen from from Austria uh, this weekend. If we, we can see similar of those in future years, why why not? But yeah, the uh, the likelihood is, as much as we'd like it to move, the likelihood is it's staying in Germany. Yeah, I also well, I think it would be the perfect excuse to put darts in Brazil. I'm not going to lie. Just the, word, just the word Brazil World Cup would be mega. Surely, though, we, we touched on teams being poor. They're close to the chopping block as well. Yeah. I, I, I don't think Diogo played that bad this weekend. He was okay, but mm. look. There was a lot less it's, movement in his action, and I just think they need to produce a second. But again, they're doing that off their own back at the minute, and that can only be because they've seen them in the World Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah, says, to that point, we still need to see a, a, a better level of We still need to see an improvement in those two in terms yeah. of that competition. Yeah, yeah, but if they haven't that. been given we've that exposure, the singles league and an affiliation or that sort of stuff that Diogo mentioned on his Twitter recently that was on social media and stuff would not be happening. They've, they've seen it. They've seen what Diogo's done and played in front of and everybody else wants a piece of it and they're going to grow the game. Africa's another place that will start developing more and more nations that are ready to play in the World Cup. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm not I'm not against them and I'm not one to say let's, let's dismiss now. However, it's certainly something that's sort of been considered and we've got to look at how they are performing year on year to then see at other nations who deserve that opportunity, potentially. Uh, so it's certainly one that I think should be looked at a bit more. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Desh says, um, which player has the most aesthetically pleasing throwing style or action? Oh, good question. For me, Gary Anderson. Before, uh, yeah. So I... I, I in full flow. I used to love Adrian Lewis. He was just yeah. I used to love Lady Lewis when first. Yeah, uh, 2011, 2012. Adrian Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Or, or just Gary Anderson are the, are the two that massively jump off for me. I tell you this, what, does flow really nicely. This, and this it's not weekend, an <laughs> Joe Collins actually. <laughs> Aesthetically, oh, yeah. very, I'd, I'd never ever coach Joe Collins' action because it's away from his body. The, there's no aim visually from the eye. It's all muscle memory and, and returning to the same place. But when he's in flow, there's a real nice rhythm oh, to Joe Collins' action. Completely. The, 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 yeah. the little twizzle back into position. Yeah. Yeah, it is lovely. Yeah. One in the chat room just seen as well. Steve Beaton. Love seeing Steve Beaton throw. I can't get behind the Steve Beaton, Beaton action. I know I know you've said it before, Dob. I know you've said it before. I, I love seeing Steve Beaton throw. And I think there's other people who like you as well. He doesn't fully extend his arm. And it annoys the hell out of me. It just, it just looks so easy. It just makes it look so easy. Yeah. And how he's maintained uh, that as well. Well, I, I spoke there about like A.D. Lewis. It was when he was in his prime. Um, 
with Steve Bean, it doesn't seem to have changed at all. But certainly one, I'm, I can't remember, I've, I've lost it now, who was it, Baldy, but uh, Dave, but certainly Steve Bean was one for me. Yeah, um, James says, a lot of big names now confirmed to miss the World Grand Prix. Uh, Barney, Whitlock, Jackpot, Dobie, Devon, Joyce, all not in because they aren't um, in jib for the final Euro Tour. Correct, mate. Lots of big names missing. Um, World Grand Prix. Uh, World Grand Prix race. Um, yeah. Don't even have that. Interesting. Open tonight. Oh, back we are. To be fair, interestingly, Mensor Sudovic is clinging on to that final 16th spot for the World Grand Prix. Will he play? No, I don't think so. That's another question, but he's clinging on. Surely, if he doesn't yeah, and... play in this, then surely he's not going to come over for the slam either. Yeah. I think he'd rather play in the Grand Prix because his love affair with double 14 makes it far more likely for him to win that than it does the, the slam. But the, the, yeah. the slam is the slam is guaranteed his place in the slam. The Grand Prix he's still got to perform on in that week to then get his position in the Grand Prix where the slam is already guaranteed. So surely if he's done to one, it'd be the slam now. After what we've seen, it'd be interesting. Uh, right, well, got, uh, when's the next Super Series? Um, beginning it of October. Three days before the Ladies Series, the second block of Ladies Series. They play yeah, the midweek. The, and then the Ladies yeah, Series. After, is that the seventh? It's the week Something after like the Grand Prix, I believe. Is the week after the Grand Prix? I'm not a talent up, I'll let it up now though. I can get you the dates. Uh, so it is 19th. 19th of October, yeah. 19th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd, with the ladies' 7th to 12th events being on 23rd and 24th. Spot yeah. on though. Yeah. Um couple of questions all in one here. Yankee Clippers follows on from Tommy's. Says, are the PDC thinking of trying new format 701 cricket ECT? Um, I don't think so, but I would l personally, I would love a cricket tournament and I would love the one leg thousand and one shootout like they do the snooker shootout. Something different. I think the problem with the one leg thousand and one is. There's just so much messing around in between and, and player changeover that for TV, you end up having more non-darts on your coverage than you do darts. Because a big part of it is the walk-ons and everything else. They can take just as long as the one leg with the intros and, and then the introduction and the punditry and then the advert break in between. And don't get me wrong, for, for a broadcaster, the amount of ad breaks they could sneak in there is an absolute wet dream. Um, but yeah, not, not ideal. And the, dif the difficulty for me is if they start suddenly introducing new formats, it's how they rank those. Yeah. The World Series would probably be, probably be the place to try that. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Go into yeah. the American backyard and play them at cricket or go into the Asians' backyard and play them at 
at that. But the PDC have absolutely no interest in soft tip, so it would have to be steel tip version. And then it's not quite as easy to track. The graphics are all completely different. How do you put that on TV? Yeah, there are, there are difficulties with it. I think pairs, double entry, set and leg are the only formats we're ever going to see in the PDC. And we're clamoring for a bit more of some of those. And they're very resistant and, and clean and reluctant to that. Otherwise, yeah. the World Cup would already be pairs only. Correct. Um, Ricky Darscart says, um, how do you rate the chances of a Price Sherrick quarterfinal this weekend? I think quite good. Yeah. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. We, yeah. we don't really see many upsets come in, if any, from the non seeded players. So, yeah. Um, Vanita says, What did you think of the crowds in Germany this weekend, guys? Uh, in the over, in the main, I thought they were good. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I was about about these worlds earlier. I thought it was quite good this weekend. Still yeah, a few little whistles, but I think we're getting that in every crowd. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. Um, a question saying near the end. Sorry, we're we're past the watershed. Um, I've, I've saying I think we've had this one before, but I really like it, and I see a couple of answers here. I'm saying if you could go back in time and change one dart. In history, what would it be? I think that was asked specifically about what dart would Michael Van Gerwen change. Was it? Yes. I think it would be a choice of two. I know, actually, a choice, choice of three. I've I don't know which one. I've, I've got, got three. One. I've got one. I'll, I'll start after and we'll go and then we'll go through this. The one we've all got is Rob Cross, surely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one against Rob Cross yeah. in the semi final. Semi-finals so in the world. The, yeah. the next one the I've got 12, is for the, the second twelve for the back nine dart. Nine yeah. against James Wade. Yeah. yeah. And the dart of double eighteen for the hundred and thirty six average. Yes. But I if he could take one of those, surely it would be the 16. I'm going to say double 16. I might run double 16 against Rob Cross. As much oh, as the other two put him, you know, it's another I think record. It's a record. Yeah, I think it's back to back nines because Phil didn't manage. Well, I think that. it's back to back nines. Yeah. He didn't manage that. Yeah, he, but... he did two in a game first, but he didn't manage back to back, and that you basically completed the sport at that point. No one's ever, then, ever achieved that. Yeah. Playing in his last event, Michael would have backed him yeah. to beat him, but at the same time, there's still a chance that goes wrong, and you don't get a chance to avenge it. And that would have been a lot be of pressure. Fair. And actually, anybody but Rob Cross on that night, I think Phil Taylor would have won, but Rob Cross was just inspired. But also. If it had been Michael Phil in the final and Michael would have won as Rob did, that presentation at the end would have been very different as well. Yes. <laughs> because Rob let it be all about Phil. Yeah. Yeah, but that, and that's partially why I think Michael would have taken that double 16 if he did have one. 
he would want to yeah, no, like, <laughs> Right, to be fair, that's such a good question. I am gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna speak to him at the weekend and I'm gonna see if he'll answer it. We'll do it as a YouTube short or TikTok if he answers it. Yeah. I, I would I will speak to him at the weekend and I will try and get a definitive answer. If he could change one dart, what would it be? And I, I know we're live for if he gives the boring sportsman, I have no regret. Give him a slap and ask him again. I know we're live, Phil, but you're going to have to edit this part of the show if uh, he doesn't say one of the three we've just said. <laughs> I've just, to be fair, I've just thought of a potentially another one. 2013 World Final. I might be wrong, but did he miss a dart at 32 to go 4-1 up on Taylor in the final? I don't remember yesterday. Now you're asking me something from eight years ago. I've got, I've got a funny feeling he missed a dart to go 4-1 up or 5-2. He missed a dart to to go further in front. don't know. I, I still think the two nines back-to-back. Yeah, that that would that, be my one, to be fair. No, I, I'm, um, doing, I'm doing squad tennis stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah um, right guys I genuinely can't believe two hours has absolutely flown by this evening you guys have been absolute stars this evening absolute top top show cannot thank you enough for your support remember head over to our YouTube channel once we're done all the reaction from the World Cup, and we will have all the reaction from the Nordic Darts Masters as well this weekend. Remember, the Live League returns tomorrow, 9.30, for day number two of Group A of Champions Week. Kevin Burness leads the way there, but can the rest get to them? Another great show. I've been Phil Bars, joined by Jack W. Garwood, Lee Boyce. Gentlemen, been an absolute pleasure spending Monday evening with you. The Live Land returns next week, Monday, 8 p.m., Make sure you are there. Sleep tight. Thank you very much.